Hi, and welcome to Positively Joy, the podcast on searching for joy and light in all seasons. I'm your host, Yvette Walker. This week, we're talking hair. Long, short, straight, frizzy, curly, nappy, wavy. People, women in particular, but also men, find pride, happiness, and a sense of self in their hair. Today, we talk to Missouri resident Linda Lockhart, who recently did the unthinkable to some. She cut off her long, dreadlocked hair. Let's find out why. Hi, Linda Lockhart. It's great to talk to you. Linda and I know each other, uh, well, just from the past, but also she wrote a chapter in a book called Hair Goddess uh, that I published a little bit ago. Uh, talking about her hair journey, which we will talk about today. Uh, but Linda, if you tell us just a little bit about, uh, you're retired now, uh, what did you do before you retired? Okay, Yvette, well, thank you very much. Um, I am a journalist, have been a journalist um, after 40 years in the newspaper business, mostly in newspaper business. Um, the last 10 years, however, I worked for St. Louis Public Radio, where I was a copy editor for the website and outreach and engagement um, producer or editor. And so I've been having telling stories and doing news, you know, things for a very long time, but now I'm just kind of chilling. <laughs> that sounds great, really. Um, so, uh, as you may know, this podcast is about basically trying to search for joy in all seasons, trying to activate that happiness and joy that we have inside us. And this week I'm talking about hair because it's a big deal to a lot of people. And I won't even say mostly women. Um, as I said before, uh, you told us a little bit about your hair journey in the chapter that you wrote for the book Hair Goddess. Um, but I'm talking to you today because you actually did something pretty interesting that you told your friends about on Facebook. Um, before we get into that, what was your hair journey and what was it like for you? I can remember my mother's hairbrush and sitting between her knees and having her do my hair in little plaits, little braids. I never really had lots of little braids, but I was a little black girl growing up in St. Louis, you know, in 1950s and 60s. And so there was a style that I loved. Um, usually, I can't remember when I first started going to the hairdresser and getting my hair pressed, but it's pretty early. And if I look back at like my childhood pictures, I'm going to guess like maybe second grade or something like that, because I'm trying to see my hair like in my brownie uniform you know, <laughs> with a little hat. Yeah. And that was my pressed hair by then. So like seven or eight years old, I guess. But before that, yeah, my mom was just doing my hair at home. Was that a, um, um, was that a, was that a painful or a pleasurable experience of you at your mom's knee with her brushing your hair? It was, as I look back at it now, and I'm 68 years old, so it's been a long time, and I haven't really thought about that in a while, so it makes me think about my mother, which is really, you know, emotional. But it was comforting, I think. You know, I could rest back on her knees, and, and it was just something we did. It, it, you know, I had average hair, you know, some people had what they call good hair. You know, my hair was thick and nappy and thick. Uh, and not real long, but, you know, long enough that I could wear braids that were like, you know, to my shoulders. Um, and I usually had like one braid on the side and two in the back, you know, the three little pigtails, um, which was kind of crazy because my little granddaughter, 
uh, was here now. I have a seven-year-old granddaughter, and her hair is combed exactly the same way. And I, I told her at first, I said, I used to call, comb your mommy's hair this way, with these one braid on the side and the two in the back. And then it just hit me, that's the way I had my hair combed when I was a little girl. But then right. at some point, like I said, around seven, eight, nine years old, I started going to the hair beauty shop with my mother, my grandmother, whoever, um, on Saturday mornings. And that was like an every other Saturday ritual. But, you know, you went, you were there for pretty long time because usually there's like two or three of you in your family getting your hair done with three or four other groups of you know children girls women moms and so it could be anywhere from two to four or longer hours and it was just very interesting as I think about that whole experience I've just been recently reading um, a book by Nikki Giovanni mm-hmm. um, this has been one of my COVID deals and it's Nikki Giovanni's Racism 101, which I recommend to everybody because it's telling all kinds of stuff. But in it, she has a section where she talks about going to the hair shop with her sister and her mother when she was little and how little girls could listen to grown-up conversations and, and learn about everything, you know, about life and sex and relationships and drunken husbands. And so maybe think about, I've been thinking about this since I read that. And it's like, well, no, I don't even remember conversations in the background. I probably had a book or my Barbies or something, and I just kind of was in my own zone. I um, don't remember hearing anything because I was under the dryer for a well, long time and could hear nothing. Right. You're under the dryer for a long time. It just had me in the mind of what it was like growing up, you know, as a young black girl. I think a lot of people, like a lot of women can really reflect and remember those days, whether or not you went to a salon or whether or not your mother did your hair at home. And certainly though, at some point you did not have much control over your hair because your parents, mother, aunt, or whoever uh, did your hair. But as you, as you got older, you, you got to make decisions about your hair. And as you, you even had a style, favorite style that you said you liked when you were a little girl. So as you got older and could make decisions about your hair, um, at some point you decide to go natural. And, and that is basically not having chemicals to straighten your hair. Most recently, you wore dreadlocks. When you went natural, however, did you go straight into dreadlocks or was there a time when you had a curly look? Oh, golly. Yeah. And so I didn't start going natural until I was in college. So if we fast forward from the eight or nine year old Linda to the high school Linda, I think I got my first perm, my first hair straightening um, when I went into high school. And um, in fact, actually cut my hair, my mother, you know, cut my hair and I had it in a little bob. And so that was really cool, you know, because you could swim or you could, you know, uh, take a shower and wash your hair yourself and your hair, you know, didn't go back, didn't get nappy, didn't get to its natural state, you know, and you'd put it up on rollers and, you know, have these nice little bob styles. So that was my high school experience. But then I came of age in the 70s and I went to high school, I graduated from high school in 1970 and on to college. And that's where I went to a natural style. And actually I made the transition by wearing an Afro wig. <laughs> I actually bought a really? wig. Yes. Um, my freshman year of, high, of college, before, you know, all the perm had grown out, uh, I would wear this wig from time to time. So I went back and forth from my straight hair, my curled hair, you know, to the Afro wig when I really, you know, was hanging out with the people and feeling wet weekends and feeling empowered. And I had a really big, like, Angela Davis, Black Power Afro. I'll have to find you a picture and send you that because <laughs> through the rest of college, in fact, yeah, my college uh, senior year graduation picture, you know, I had a big fro. Mm-hmm. Um, I came out of college and, and I got married in early 70s, like in 74, and my wedding gown had a hood because I had this afro. I wasn't going to wear a traditional veil or a hat. And my 
great aunt made my dress for me and it was beautiful, but it had this sort of hood um, that rested nicely on top of my afro. So that was how I got, you know, in through the 70s. And pretty much, I guess it wasn't until the early 80s that I went back for a very short time of having um, chemically relaxed hair or blow drying relaxed hair. But that was a very short period again. And then I went to the stages where there was the jerry curl. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. I had jerry curl. I had wave nouveau. Um, It was always kind of trying to make it look more natural. I would always say, I don't want it to look drippy, okay? I don't look greasy. I just want to kind of like bring the natural curls out. But, you know, jerry curls, they were a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that reminds me of the scene in the movie, uh, Eddie Murphy's Coming to America, yeah, coming where, to America there's, yes. where there's a scene in, yeah, there's a Jerry Curl scene in that movie. Yeah. Exactly. So what that, I, I didn't want to look like that. So yeah, I had that phase. And at some point I said, I'm never putting chemicals on my hair again, you know, because the way Jerry Curl, well, that was still a chemical process. Um, but I just declared that I would never do that again. And so about 15 years ago, I guess. So what is that? 2005? Yeah, doing backwards math, I decided I would get two strand twists. I thought, you know, well, we'll see what these twists look like. And somehow the idea of just going on, letting it grow out completely, I said, I don't want to have to go back every couple of weeks and have these things retwisted. That was like defeating the purpose. Right. You know, I didn't want to get out of having to go and have somebody else help me maintain my hair on a regular basis. So after I saw how the twists were going and I kind of liked that look, I thought, well, what if we just let these go and become dreadlocks? And so that was kind of the thing that I didn't have to go in as often. I still maintained it and washed it, conditioned it myself. But um, I only went in to have it retwisted like every two or three months instead of every two or three weeks. And that was very freeing for me. So that was, like I said, about 15 years ago. And um, I felt very good. I felt empowered. I felt, you know, sort of more comfortable in who I am as an African-American woman with that style. But that time, again, my role model, Angela Davis, she's wearing dreadlocks, you know. Um, ah. Alice Walker was wearing dreadlocks, you know, mm. uh, the writer and poet. And so I had these other, you know, writing image women, my, a lot of my coworkers, my friends, my colleagues, like, like oh, Jackie Jones, who you may know, and some mm-hmm. other yeah. girlfriends. There were a lot of dreadlocks going on, you know in the 90s um and my hair at 15 years it grew quite long and there were times where i would like cut maybe you know six or eight inches off of it i would feel it getting heavy and i feel like my head was being pulled back or i'd I'd feel it catching my chair if i sat you know up straight in a chair at work if it was like my back was trapping my hair i knew it was too long so i just would cut it myself a little bit but Linda, before you go on, you know, there might be some people who 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 know what dreadlocks are, but really don't understand how they're formed and, and how they how they grow. Can you just give a quick definition of what dreadlocks are? Um, sure. And this is a style, a tradition that goes back to primarily Jamaica, I think, um, and Rastafarians. And, and it may have its roots early in Africa, but I'm not sure of that. But um, where the hair you take you know, little clumps of hair and twist them together and maybe two strands or, you know, not quite a braid, three strands are involved when you're braiding hair uh, for plaits or for cornrows or, you know, those kind of things, French braids. But locks are this twisted hair and then you just let it keep growing and then twist it some more and it just kind of does lock uh, together uh, growing out from the scalp. And so you don't have to comb it, you don't have to pick it, but you can wash it. You, you must, should wash it and take care of it. Um, and it, it's just sort of a more natural um, kind of style. 
that I think African-Americans adopted, uh, having seen Jamaican folk, uh, Rastafarian, you know, kind of a religious tradition, I think, even for Jamaican people, some Jamaican people. So um, the basic thing for me, the attraction was it was natural to my heritage. It was also very low maintenance. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't have to do anything to make once it got it going. Other than, like I said, the hair would continue to grow. Some people let their hair just grow and grow and grow and will retwist it a little bit. Some people like myself chose to go in and have a stylist, you know, give me a good washing and conditioning and retwist it from the, the root, from the scalp where it grows out. Absolutely. And there are some people who really believe there's a spiritual connection, particularly when you when you wear dreadlocks, when you, when you let your hair lock, there's a spiritual connection. And cutting locks is actually a big deal for, for many people. Um, so tell us a little bit about why you decided to cut your locks and was there anything going on in your life at the time that led you to this decision? And, and really your point about, you know, that hair is spiritual. Hair is a sign of growth. You know, your hair keeps growing even, I think, after you die for a little while. You know, hair and fingernails, they say, continue to grow. And so it's a symbol of health and pride. And so in, in many, many cultures, you know, long hair is something that people want to have. And so, yeah, having long dreadlocks was, I felt good about my dreads. I had been thinking about cutting them for about a year, actually. I got the notion to cut them about a year ago. Um, as I'm aging, my scalp began to thin a little bit. On the top, I had thinner patches. And it looks okay now. But, um, and I was concerned that the, the weight of the hair and the constant pulling and twisting and braiding was contributing to the thinning of my hair in addition to old lady pattern baldness. I mean, you know, I didn't want to like lose my hair if this was something. And so I talked about that with my hairstylist and he agreed that, you know, A, he would try and make the retwists a little looser and work on some deep conditioning for my scalp. He didn't want to cut them off and then have me to have some real serious ball patches either. So he was very conscientious in saying, you know, I, I hear you, but let's, let's, you know, improve the health of your scalp and your hair first. Um, and so that was, like I said, about this time a year ago. And so I was cool with that. And so then we come up to um, March, February or March of this year, where we began to see uh, the first stages of the uh, coronavirus and the pandemic and the um, stay-at-home places and, and lockdowns and not being able to go to hair shops. And it was right about the time that I was due to go in for a retwist and a conditioning. So I thought, okay, and this is okay. I'll even retwist it myself. I'll shampoo and put some conditioner on it. But my hair over the next three months continued to grow, and the new growth was substantial by this point, You know, maybe an inch, two inches even in length. You could tell distinctly the difference from where my new hair had grown out to where the last time it was locked was together. And I thought, well, this is not healthy. And then I actually saw a couple of my friends, of course, as I said, many of my friends and contemporaries and, and role models have cut their locks off in the last three to five years, um, including Angela Davis, including um, Alice Walker and Jackie Jones and others. And so I saw a picture of one of my very close girlfriends here locally who had – she had sister locks, which are not quite the same but very similar, and she had cut hers off in late February. And I thought, this is it. Courtney did it. I can do it. And the next day, I just stood in the bathroom and began to clip, clip off. I counted off uh, 66 individual little connections of hair that, you know, I would pull out to where the new growth ended and I could tell where the old growth was and I just cut it right there. And I cut it 
watched it, conditioned it, felt really good about what I had done. And about uh, last week for the first time, I did return to my hair shop and where they have set up really good health protocols and social distancing and taking excellent precautions. And I felt comfortable there. And he gave me a nice even trim and got it shaped up so that it's what you see today. So it's, like I said, about a year of my thinking it through. So it wasn't like a big shock. People like, how hard was it for you? I said, I was ready. And, and I was just, you know, 15 years, we all look for different kind of looks, you know, over a decade or so. So this was my time. Wow. So hair care and styling is a multi-million dollar business. How and why do you think women find joy in their hair? Well, you know, we are a conceited bunch. We like to look good, you know, uh-huh. I mean, and we, when you feel good, you look good. You know, when you look good, you feel good. That's how the expression is, you know, and I feel marvelous. So um, you know, there's always this, you know, what's the other person like? What's the coolest style? What's going on right now? And so if, if your hair ain't looking good, you don't feel good. You know, I mean, that's you know, from, we learn that from little children. on. And and I think the, the freeing thing now is that, as I said before, Long hair is a sense of pride and a sense of health. And so some people in some cultures never cut their hair and think that, you know, especially for women, you know, cutting their hair is a sin and it's a gift that you should keep. And so I mean, some people who are unable to have their hair grow long wish they had long hair. And so then you get into, you know, weaves and, and other kinds of wigs or just self-image where you don't feel good about yourself because I've got this short, nappy hair, you know. so You mentioned earlier on good hair, bad hair. Right, exactly. You know, um, so straighter hair, you know, thick hair. I would say I just have, you know, my I, I didn't have bad hair, but I knew, you know, people that had really nappy hair that was harder to comb. And the perception of why any kind of hair is good or bad. Exactly. You know, who makes that judgment? So now that I can have my hair natural, have it short, not feel any kind of way about it, you know, that's I think the freeing thing is that I am where I'm in a stage of my life where. I don't care what you think, but mm-hmm. I feel good. I, I'm glad that I like it. And if you don't like it, that's your problem. But I am, if I can't tell you how blown away I am today, I posted this picture um, around noon and I've had like 150 people comment on it or like it or give me props and shout outs and, and people that I haven't heard from in ages. I am stunned by the range of people that are responding I mean, you, you know, we get birthday greetings on Facebook and, you know, people you haven't heard from, you know, know it's your birthday. But this is even beyond that. It is just I, I it, my page is blowing up, as people say. It's like crazy that people are reacting like this way. I feel, again, you know, reinforced. But, I, you know, if, if, if nobody had commented at all, I wouldn't have felt bad because people are going to say, oh, Linda, what do you do with your hair? Right. You know, I don't think I mean, like one of my girlfriends might say that up close. And it took me two weeks to even post this picture publicly. I mean, I've been gradually coming out to friends and family up close um, to see, you know, but the, pot, the reaction has been very positive. So what was the, what was the delay? Why? Why did you delay in coming out? Well, the part of it was wanting to have a good picture, you know, a picture that and I, I did some selfies and I tried to get my spouse to take some pictures. And, you know, even though I like my hair, I do have some, you know, body self-image issues. You know, like I said, I wanted to put on, you know, look, even just to talk to you on Zoom, I put on lipstick. We all have these issues. <laughs> right. So, you know, I mean, I wanted to have a good look and I wanted to just 
not shock the world all at once. I also wanted you know, my sister to be able to see it. People have to be able to see who I'm close to. So I sent it out to like a few close girlfriends and my you know family members have seen it. Um, like, and you don't want to post public on Facebook and have your sister go, girl, what'd you do? You know, <laughs> <That's> right? <laughs> you didn't tell me nothing, you know, so <laughs> we don't want that to happen, you know. So it was kind of just to just sort of test the waters, throw it out there. Um, but then today on Sundays on Facebook, I try and start a new week and I sometimes have some, some scripture passages that I'll put out there or, you know, something that, you know, I try and have a positive thing. There's so much challenges in the news right now and, and heartache and headache and corona and you know the civil rights strife so but sunday is my fresh day and so i thought today's the day put out the picture you know like my girlfriend had been here and visited i got a nice picture while she was here i like that picture so there it is okay and so speaking of do you have a favorite uh, uh bible scripture actually i do um and um it, it, it really addresses these times we're going through to right now. It's uh, from Ecclesiastes uh, chapter three. And, you know, it says to everything there is a season and to a time to every purpose under heaven. And so even with the challenges of George Floyd and the protests, you know, or the people that are dying and sick of the coronavirus, you know, there's a time to be born and a time to die. Um, and a time to weep and a time to laugh. Uh, there, you know, life is full of changes and there are ups and downs. And I think that, you know, has kind of been my philosophy. You know, I, I don't want to leave this earth anytime soon, but I'm not afraid to do it. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's kind of my philosophy as I, as I forge on is, uh, this is where I am. So you have a new look, uh, you're retired, you're chilling, as you said. Um, so what's next for you just in either daily life or do you have any projects coming up? Well, even, you know, in chilling, I said chilling, but, you know, my husband says that I'm busier now than I was when I was working <laughs> because I have a lot of volunteer projects, um, both with my church locally and with the church on a larger level. Um, I'm on the, um, on the Synod Council of the Central States Council of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of, you know, all of Missouri and all of Kansas. And so I've been like a lot of groups that have had to cancel events. Uh, my family reunion, I had to cancel. I was hosting that here in St. Louis for like mm -hmm. 150 Lockhart's. Um, and I take care of my grandchildren a little bit. Uh, we have them on Mondays. I do Zoom with them, which has been crazy. If you want preschool Zoom, it's it's more than an ocean. Um, <laughs> but and I help. I do some volunteer journalism work. I'm still active with um, the National Association of Black Journalists and my local journalism chapter. And so... You know, even though we had to cancel events, we're working right now on um, a project for our high school students. We can't do a high school workshop this year, but we're having an essay, having kids submit essays uh, to compete for scholarships. We got all the scholarship money we had raised, and they're going to write about, we're asking them to write about the coronavirus and how it's impacted their mm -hmm. lives. How did it affect their senior year in high school or their plans going forward to college or their family and relationships? And they can do videos, audios, a written you know, written project, uh, blog style. So we're, we're, that's out right now that I think the deadline is early July 15th or whatever. So, um, I'm really still active in the circles I was active in before. I'm just doing it from home. Um, in terms of long-term goals, I don't really, I live one day at a time. Like I said, there's a time for everything. And, uh, as a person of faith, I know that every day is a day of grace and, you know, God forbid I could walk out of here and get hit by a truck tomorrow. Um, so, uh, I, I just am trying to live my best life and people say you should write a book or you should teach or you should do some other things. And I'm doing all those things, but 
you know, on my terms. I mean, I'm journaling now more than I did before where I'm just getting my thoughts on paper. So I'm using my skills and sometimes getting paid and sometimes not. Um, but I do feel like I'm living my best life. I think that's why I retired when I did because I felt, you know, I'm healthy enough that I just want to not work until I am no longer healthy. I also have a 91 year old cousin, um, who I'm a primary supporter for. She lives in her own home and Mm -hmm. is fairly independent, but, um, in addition to my, so I've got two ends of the spectrum of age. I'm my aging cousin, my grandchildren. Um, they both keep me, you know, giving me reasons to get up in the morning. Excellent. Thank you so much for, for talking with me today. Uh, you look wonderful. Uh, when I saw the picture, I mean, yeah, I, I know why people, so many people were commenting and, and responding because it's a great look for you. But the hair works. So I was dubious and I came away saying this ended up, I, I couldn't have asked for it to be better. I'm very pleased with how it turned out. I'm mm. very thankful. <laughs> well, this has been a great installment in Hair Week. We were talking about hair and, and, and people's hair journeys. Um, but this, is, this has been great. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for asking.